rebuild of the favorites. We here for the latest. South side or the north side. Not tuned to the greatest. Home team for the home teams. Both sides got our own rings. On the mound or the long ball. But we don't put the wrong strings. Yeah. It's that time of the year now. Wrigley or Gantee, so the whole league that we hear now. New show with a new mood. Discussions and interviews. Trade rumors that might be. This is Pinwheels and Knife. Yeah. This is what you waiting for, yeah. You can put it on the board, yeah. Every season, they get all changed. Take me out to the bar game. This is what you waiting for, yeah. This is what you waiting for. You can put it on the What's going on, everybody? It is Thursday, October 15th, and you have found the Pinwheels and Ivy podcast. I am your host, Father Zoe, a.k.a. Southside Zoe, and with me, as always, is Mr. Aldo Soto. Hello there, Mr. Zoe. And the good Reverend Kay Fids. Ready to make some moves. It's the offseason. It's time to start breaking some skulls. And then that other gentleman that you see in the bottom left-hand corner, no, that is not Spider-Man, or the. I think he's more like the Flash, but it's a good <laughs> friend of mine, old friend of mine. Um, that is Mr. Sean Sears. He is a writer for the Cubs and baseball in general. You can find his work on Fansided and NBC Sports Chicago, and he's also the host of the Lockdown Cubs podcast. A lot of my White Sox people watching know Herb does the Lockdown White Sox Sean here handles the Cubs for them. Sean, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me on, man. I, I've been trying to make something work with you guys for a bit, so it's been fun that uh, we can make it work. It sucks. we got to talk about an offseason like this with the Cubs, but, I mean, it's always cool talking with you guys. Nice to That's, see you. Yeah, <laughs> nice to see you too, bud. And, yeah, look, we got some locked on fans in the com- comments already. You guys, you guys uh, yeah. want the room for yourselves? or uh, Maybe. Oh, Maybe. <laughs> Maybe we'll see how this goes. These beers are tasting good. You're, look, at, I'm proud of your facial hair too, bud. Yeah, I am proud of that facial hair. The mustache is, is almost connecting. You see that? <laughs> yeah, look at that, bud. Hard work in there. That yeah, is, man. It, that's probably all of COVID worth. This is six Aren't months you? of a quarantine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so last week we did our White Sox offseason with Beef Loaf. Make sure you go and check out that podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts. And so this week, we brought Sean on for his Cub expertise, and then these three guys are going to get to do the Cubs offseason. But we got two things we got to do before we dive into Cubs offseason. One, if you remember last week, we told you to sign up for points bet with promo code Mockery. Well, now fuck that. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Still go and download points bet, but this time use promo code pinwheels. That's right. Your boys got their own promo code points bet, promo code pinwheels. You're going to get a free bet up to $500 and a free points bet up to $1,000. Now, you might be saying to yourself, what's a points bet? It's actually pretty awesome. I got turned on to it this week, and now I'm kind of obsessed with it. So points bet takes the game to a whole different level it's makes it makes betting a lot more fun especially for a novice better like myself so for a baseball game let's say like this dodgers atlanta game where the dodgers put up 
a touchdown, a field goal, and a two-point conversion in the first inning. But basically you pick a player, so like Cody Bellinger, and they give him a number. Let's call it 50. So you bet the over or the under on his number, 50. He gets 50 points for a home run, 40 points for a triple, or 30 points for a triple, 20 points for a double, 10 points for a, a base hit or a walk. Then you place your bet 50 cents to $1,000. So every point he gets over 50, you get that amount of money. So if you do a 50 cent bet, the max you'll win is like 75 bucks and the max you'll lose is like $12 and 50 cents. And your money comes faster than the glitch it took for Zoe to actually explain that. Yes. Uh, way faster. <laughs> like as I was doing it, I did three transactions on my phone. So yeah, first time doing it, it'll be smoother, but, or you could just bet straight like a degenerate, like myself. I took the Dodgers. I parlayed the Dodgers, the Rays money line and the over in the coastal Carolina, Louisiana Lafayette game, like any responsible human being. Would. Um, what a weird parlay. <laughs> Coastal Carolina scores the six most points in college football right now. Ah, How do you not bet the over Things, things under, that a degenerate would say. Yeah. Continue, yes, sir. It's under 60. It's under 60. Got to bet it. Um, and I learned my lesson on Tuesday. Do not bet against the home team dog because the Titans <laughs> just spanked Ooh. them. But that's only on a Tuesday night. Don't bet on a home team yes, dog on a Tuesday on night. On a Tuesday night in, in October. The NFL, in in October. a pandemic. Big night for Buffalo Wings, too, man. Yes. Yeah, dude. I, it was a Nice little Tuesday treat. Yeah. It's like this is a little Wednesday treat. We usually do this on Thursday. So download points bet. Use promo code pinwheels. Get your free shit. And if you want, I'll start posting my picks so you could all fade me and win money. Especially on Tuesdays. Especially yeah. on Tuesdays during a pandemic in October. Um, <laughs> we'll soon be giving away the pinwheels and ivy picks of the week soon. Yes. Too. Yeah, because we're going to do a Ooh. show account on points bet. So – Promo code pinwheels. Now, first topic we need to discuss because it's so Sean was saying before we got on the air too, and I agree, and I'm sure a lot of White Sox fans agree. It still doesn't really seem real to me. Although, can nah. we kill this graphic for just a second? Because this is weird too. He's getting emotional. <laughs> he wants your undivided need attention. Hands. Yes, I need my hands. hands. I need attention. my hands. There you go, Zoe. It's all so you. We it's have to talk you. about this. The floor is yours. It was a nice Monday morning in October in Chicago. It was 60-some degrees, beautiful day, slight breeze. And I'm sitting here having my coffee in the morning. I check Twitter routinely, and I see Rick Renteria agrees to mutually part ways with the White Sox. I told these guys, even though it was from the verified account, I had to check it two, three times because I still think it was horseshit. I still think it's horseshit. He mutually agreed. He, there's no chance he mutually agreed to walk away from this I, team. Well, the, the 108 guys, they put it perfectly with when they wrote about it. They're like, the White Sox and Rick Renteria mutually agreed that he's fired. That's, that's, that's what they agreed to. Look, we've all been broken up with before where we, you know. It we, was mutual. We, it was mutual. <laughs> it, was, it was mutual. At least that's what we tell everybody while we're crying into our, you know, yes. favorite. It's like we sat down and it's, it's like, it's like, you know, like, we're not firing you, but you're not coming back. And he's yes. like, okay, no, that's great. And but like, he was fired. They're like, uh, Ricky, um, the sky is blue and you're fired. We yeah. agree. It is blue. Yeah, it all is right. Blue. So we agreed. It was, it came to terms. So similar to the path that the Cubs took, the rebuild was ahead of schedule. Things were going well. The White Sox, as we talked about last week, are about four or five moves away-ish. And 
after putting in all that work, <laughs> Ricky gets shown the door for probably a more attractive managerial candidate. Now, this is where the fun either starts or gets really annoying, depending on what camp you're on. Um, so, of course, after the initial wave of Ricky got fired. And by the way, I'm not deflecting off this. We got to back up for a second. Teflon fucking Don got shown the door. Oh, that's right. I mean, that was Don, a big surprise. Don Cooper is outlived cockroaches in that White <laughs> yeah, Sox man. dugout. He has, he has made it. This would have been his fifth manager. I mean, I said, I jumped on um, my buddy Sean's morning and uh, Sean and Maya in the morning show after, right after it happened. And I was talking about Don Cooper, who is fired. And I hope Don just retires, man. He, he, the last couple of years, health-wise, it just didn't look great. Just maybe just relax a little bit. But Don Cooper will always, always be able to hang his hat on what he did in 2005. Yeah. That was a memorable, historic playoff run by a pitching staff. Like, it wasn't just like, oh, they were pretty good that year. They were fucking unbelievable in 2005. And he's got a lot of great work under his credit. A lot of pitchers credit Don Cooper. Lucas Giolito and his dad wrote very, very heartfelt Twitter goodbyes to Cooper. So that's cool, but time waits for no man. Everybody gets old. The game's kind of moved on. Guys like Dylan Cease, you could tell Coop's been working with them, but without the RPMs and the movement on the fastball, he's throwing a hundred mile an hour BP. And it's just it, it's time for a change. And I just it was wild seeing Don Cooper and the way that he did it, just in how did it in the press conference. He's like, Yeah, Ricky this, Ricky that. Uh we called Ozzy to tell him he's not a candidate. Oh, and by the way, we let Don Cooper go. It was like Oh shit! Okay. Um, the low key, hey, Ozzy's not an option, so stop even saying it. I mean, that was hilarious. That, that was hilarious. A, that's a pro move because you know every White Sox fan be like, you know, it'd be great. He did. <laughs> well, he's available. And Ozzy's been insufferably like lobbying for the position for like three, four weeks at this point. Oh. And tw- no, I couldn't believe your Twitter poll was Ozzy, 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 Ozzy. The whole what poll question? The one that you made, like who, like right after they fired Renteria? I, well, I think it was before, you. That was before they said Ozzy wasn't an option. Right, <laughs> yeah. right. No, I'm saying, yeah, no, when it was like before Rakan's like, it, by the way, that was, I was said it was hilarious because it was like the only name that he's like, yeah, no, d- not him. <laughs> yeah. But it was like, it was 38% white side, or 38% anyone. of the vote was like, we want Ozzy back. <laughs> there is not another city in this universe let alone this country or state or whatever there's in this universe that loves former player and coaches more than Chicago, Illinois. Oh, oh absolutely. God. It happens like- with the Blackhawks. It happens with the Cubs, the White Sox, the Bulls, everybody. And every time it happens too, it's Everybody. like Jennifer, Jennifer Aniston and Brad Pitt both are single at the same time, and like they go nuts. It's like they're oh, they're getting back together, mm-hmm. and it's the same thing with like Chicago sports fans. Like, oh my god, oh, Dicka. Yep, <laughs> he's been released from medical care. And I know he's in his nineties. It's fine. He's, and you know who really him. loves doing that? Jerry Reinsdorf. Yes, uh, and he may be doing it. Again. Jerry might yeah. think it actually is nineteen ninety-seven. So it is possible. So God, the thing too. <laughs> And then all of a sudden, you see these White Sox fans being like, well, what about A.J. Przinsky? Not the other A.J. They're saying A.J. Przinsky. No, dude. You don't put all this time and effort into this rebuild to fire a Ricky Renteria to give a former player his first shot. Unless 
you bring in a veteran manager who showed yeah. you the ropes for a year. Yeah, now passing the mantle. There's <gasps> another one that I'd rather have. Uh, the Giants. I can't even think of this shit. Bruce Bochy. Yeah, Bochy. Jesus Christ. Did you call him Bruce Larosa? I was going to call him Brody. That's my going to be <laughs> my son's name. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, if Bruce Bochy comes and win the World Series, you have to go Brody Bruce. Maybe I might. <laughs> I'll just call him BB for the rest of his life. Um, hmm. So you don't hire AJ Przinsky as your manager, bench coach. Cool. You know what I mean? I, I'd be off. I wouldn't be mad about that because then you bring in the you know Bochi to kind of mm, and massage and teach him whatever. But the big name that's popped out from our friend Bob. So good to hear from you again, Bob. No typos this time too. Yeah, good for him. Now we know. Now we know that Tony's not the right answer. Yeah. Yes. Ken W.O. just – he wants Tony La Russa, and if you ask Ken why he wants Tony La Russa, he's just going to go old school in, like, half caps because that's how, like, older people type. Um, half caps. So Bob Nightingale – Former guest on the show who will never come on the show again because we just one of the first. We just shit on him for a year and a half. But Bob <laughs> Nightingale tweets out a Damn. series of tweets that Tony Larusa, the Angels gave the White Sox permission, which I'm sure the Angels just laughed at. We're like, yeah, yeah. Sure. go for it, <laughs> fucking dumbasses. Uh, the birthday card with a five dollar bill when he's yeah. Yeah, Jesus Christ. Just make sure he's in bed by 7 because he gets cranky. Um, so the Angels, all right, they give him permission. They're going to have – yeah, he needs a chauffeur. Uh, they gave – so Tony La Russa. Now, a lot of people, a lot of what I think intelligent people, because I think this too, this is just a smoke screen. This yeah. is just – and it's working. Because it's like, hey, everybody, look at this. You know, we're going totally going after Tony Arusha. And I also think that this way they can hire A.J. Hinch, who I think is the front runner, and be like, hey, at least we didn't hire Tony Larusa. And people would kind of maybe be a little easier on the whole cheater thing, which the moral police were out with torches and uh, shovels and picks and shit like that right away about A.J. Hinch. Um but yeah, so Tony Russo, go ahead, Kevin. I know you like it. Go ahead. Look, I say I've said it before we went live too. You know, everyone. You know, if if everyone wants to be as ageist as they seem to be when it comes to like someone like Tony Russo, um, we're about to elect one of two possible candidates to lead the free world to have their finger on a nuclear button that are the same age as Tony Russo. So if we're gonna bitch about uh, Tony Russo being too old, I think we need to really rethink. Uh, where we're at as a society in general, because apparently old people do rule the world. But, you know, you got a guy like Tony LaRusso who has a great deal of experience. Um, you want to, even if you can pick his brain for like an interview where you can sit down with him, it's a beneficial process for anybody in the front office for the White Sox because the man is a Hall of Famer. He is, um, you know, as a Cub fan, given us fits for years. But, you know, honestly, you want to really get to know the kind of guy that Tony LaRusso is. Sit down for a couple of days, grab three nights in August, read that. It's one of the most fantastic baseball books I've ever book. read. Um, and it breaks down, you know, a whole year in life, all the way from the Daryl Kyle passing to them losing to the Cubs in August. Um, and it really does put things into perspective on how someone like that operates. And to have that kind of veteran presence in the clubhouse, look, if he's a manager for a year, and it's kind of a thing because he was obviously a former White Sox, you know, um, personnel, and he he uh, he could teach something to somebody else. You'd have to bring in someone that really is going to do the heavy lifting. It's kind of like bringing in 
I remember a long time ago, UNLV brought in John Robinson as the head coach. And John didn't look as, <laughs> as sharp as Tony did there. But Tony also is a lawyer, so he could defend himself um, quite well, even though he's sleeping at the wheel. But um, they brought in John Robinson. And John Robinson didn't do anything. Like, it was the assistant. Coach. Oh, <laughs> fucking all the whole. I can't help myself. I mean, it's <laughs> a hilarious situation. Do it again. Do it again. Do it again. One more, one more hold on. <laughs> Bro, the camera's not even like what in the He's world? He's still asleep, dude. He's yeah, still asleep. Arizona too, wasn't it? In Arizona, that was Florida. Florida. Like, Florida. Get him with some smelling salts, man. Come on, no, Jupiter. I remember Jupiter. It's a picture of note right there because, of course, everyone tries to look cool and they're like, "I'm fucked." Yeah, <laughs> you're trying to get look tough enough where you don't look like a bitch in the newspaper, but you're trying to still make sure you look right a little bit like you feel bad for what you did. But I, anyway, the uh, point being is that you could have a you bring a young pup in that's gonna you know like a, like a like a hinch, um even even a Przinsky even that could sit there and really do most of the heavy lifting as a manager, doing most of the job, and let the old guy preach. Um, you you can't not learn something from spending time in a dugout with a Tony La Russa, but right. you know. Um, <laughs> and yes, Maddie Mitch might be correct in that because um, there's far. I don't know. I got nothing. I couldn't think of it. But uh, I think the idea of having that presence and picking someone's brain like that is beneficial for everybody in the dugout, young, old, anything. He's got a lot to give back and you'd be idiotic or or, or beyond, you know, rem, you'd be remiss if you didn't sit down and listen to the guy and give him an opportunity to to speak. And if you could find a job in the organization that allows him to have that influence with this team so close to where it's at, I don't think there's a better manager in baseball when he had the horses. Um, in the last 20, 25 years. I, 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 sorry, Bobby Cox. Nope. You, you're a legend, but you're not Tony La Russa. And I, as a Cub fan, I say that. The La Russa is, he wins. He wins. And what is that? What is the Cardinal way? Was it was it the Cardinal way or was it the La Russa way? And what does he have? That connection that he has with players is, is undeniable. And I think that that is something that any young manager or soon-to-be manager can learn. So is there a way to get in the dugout? Is there a way to kind of have like a nice, cool, like give and take, like mentor, mentee kind of relationship? Is that possible? I don't know in Major League Baseball if that's possible these days, but I think that that would have been like a Davey Martinez version of Joe Madden. Had Davey been here long enough, I think Davey would have taken over for Joe if, if he hadn't gotten an opportunity. But I don't know. That's just that's my thinking of the old guy. So this is a different chapter for this team. Like, okay. So here's my thing though. Tony Roos has been an advisor to the Angels for the last couple of years. Angels suck, and they have the best player ever. So, like, I don't know what kind of role he's in there, but if he comes to the White Sox as an advisor, if Jerry's like, hey, man, we'll just ride out in the sunset together, just come back to the south side, I'm fine with that. I'm cool. Also, Steve Stone, he <laughs> – Steve Stone has a – Careful. Poker. I want to play poker with Steve Stone. Okay. Because he, you, you know, he knows who this manager pick is going to be, and the way he's been talking lately, it's AJ Hinch, and even now, a big name in White Sox Twitter, Jeff the Giant at Sox of White, tweeted out, "I need some clarity, Steve Stone, about the White Sox Twitter." Steve replies, "You'll like the guy. Clarity will come." Jeff goes, "Is it Giant approved?" Steve goes, "Yes, I guarantee it." That's AJ Hinch. So if you need someone to read between the lines for you, that's AJ Hinch. Um, I really think just to, I don't want to take too much time on this because I want you guys to have enough time to talk about the Cubs demise. Cause I mean, the Cubs off season, sorry, 
We didn't fire our manager right, this year. Yo. Hey, hold on a second. Hey, hey what was the attendance at it? There was a mutual firing. Yes, outnumbered. The attendance jokes. Oh, giant approved might be Bucci, which I'm fine with. Bucci. Right, yeah, that's what I Bucci. was confused about. I was like, is that what he meant? You guys will say his name right, because I don't know he's going to walk around Chicago. Oh. Hey, Bucci! Oh, that's how we say it on the It's Bucci. 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 It's California, they say it different. It's Bucci, bro. I want to ask Sean, though. Sean. Mm. So with if it is AJ Hinch... Does everyone just magically forget about the whole cheating thing? So like I I like AJ Hinz, everything like quote wise I read from him, it, it didn't come off very well. Um, which which I don't think anyone from the Astros organization came off really well. Um, but it seemed like he was a guy that was being told this is how we're gonna do it, and you're kind of here or you're not. And so I mean, like what else has AJ Hinz ever done besides be the Astros manager win the World Series in baseball, you know? So like I I, I don't think he's a guy that like wanted to be a part of this, but it's probably pretty tough to tell people who are still telling themselves that world series was legitimate, that this isn't okay. Um, so I don't know. It doesn't absolve him, but I, I don't hate him. Um, in terms of like a fit, he's probably like a fits of the glove. Like this is a perfect guy you want for the white Sox. Like yep. you've got a young crew as, as great as Tony Lewis is like the thing you worry about with like, Oh my God, the thing you worry about with a guy like him is obviously connecting with some of the younger players. He's great at that. But then you wonder about how do you like, like I saw someone in the comments, like imagine Tim Anderson pimping a home run and Tony Lewis. So like doing a dab, do you think that's ever going to be a thing? Like, like, like there's just going to be like a culturally, like we don't do that. But like, I, I don't know. I, I think there's a weird fit there, but in terms of like what AJ Hinch brings to a young core that's done this before, I don't know. I, I like what he's done. I liked him as a manager. I liked him more than Cora too. And it sounds like he might get rehired by the Red Sox. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I, I like, I don't know. I, if, if the White Sox, if their issue is like some type of moral issue, I feel like an interview with AJ Hinz solves that quickly. And let's be honest. Uh, I don't think moral. <laughs> like, I mean, you no. could say bad things about both sides here for the Cubs and Sox, but like, that's not going to be the deciding factor in a <laughs> So you know, hey, hey, no, is, is anyone going to bring this up though? That how quickly White Sox fans have gone from "fuck that guy, he's a he's a cheater" to "I want this guy in the dugout so bad." Yeah, that's Everyone's just going to magically forget. So <laughs> magical how we can take a roofie and forget, you know, banging on trash cans and and denying it for. Right. You know, long it's good of though. Time. It's good though because at the end of the day, and it's true, it doesn't matter how like whatever your moral compass is. At the end of the day, you'll whatever it is from pers- players doing shitty things in their personal lives uh, to doing like awful things to managers cheating to not cheating to overlooking things at the end of the day, you're going to like just bite in and be like, well, if we win, we win. Yeah. And that's, right. that's, that's really what we are. Or all this Chapman. So I'm just going to say that. Yeah. yeah. When he, when I mean, he solves everything oh. now, oh. you brought up a good point, uh, Sean, about it though. So now the story that people are saying is that Cora and Beltran were the ones that masterminded mm-hmm. all the stuff and um, Hinch just kind of let it go. Some people bring that up as a big negative. Like, do you mm-hmm. want this dude running your team, especially with a lot of big personalities on the White Sox? And one of the things that got Ricky can was his lack of holding players responsible. Yep. Now, do you want a guy like Hinch to – now it kind of seems like he has no backbone and he was easy to walk over because he literally let these fuckers cheat. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? So like people are worried, Maddie Mitch, thank you for doing the detective work. Apparently giant approved is Bucci. So Bucci. So are you doing this on purpose? Yes. He's, he's <laughs> eating some fancy lunch in downtown French Quarters. It's not How many different ways can get Bochi wrong? Yeah, uh, so Sean, you see some things never change. I still yeah. can't pronounce people's names. I was going to say, do you want to take a crack at Prince of Mukamura again? Or? Yeah. Mukamura. <laughs> yeah. And Giannis. Time with the White Sox. Giannis. Who, yeah. who, who just won NBA MVP? So. Greek freak. Nailed <laughs> <laughs> like it. question. Nailed it. <laughs> I'm where math would be a part of this exam. Yeah. I want Bucci. You want yeah. Bucci. Wait, well, Kevin, well, we have a coach here. So let's ask the coach. Is that how we pronounce it now? Yeah, coach. Bucci. Like, so what's, we- like, what's your thought on that and the whole, you know, oh, maybe he was just like a yes man. Like he was in a hard spot. Like he maybe wanted to do something, but didn't. Does he have the backbone? There's a whole thing about rentry and not keeping the veterans accountable. Uh, so... I mean, what do you think that? Uh, well, you know, and you look at it, you look at it with Madden too. I mean, when, when you're a, when you're a player's coach, everybody loves you until you're losing. And then all of a sudden you're lazy and you're flat and you don't have discipline, but what worked when you were winning somehow all of a sudden doesn't work because people get older. They get, they do get lazier. They rest on their laurels. I can say what Javi admitted to in the off season of not being prepared for games, you know, um, having guys that are having struggling seasons coming out soft on the Cubs side success has made them soft. And that's true. Um, but I think that that in a clubhouse, it's one of those things. It's a fine line that you walk, and I think that it's easy to blame the manager. And I think always the you know in, in a weird world that we live in, the assistant is always the god in the equation. It's always somebody else. The grass is always greener with some when, when you have somebody, and you don't really realize what you have as a head guy because that head guy usually deflects and wears everything. So when there's a fuck up, the, the manager is going to wear it. They're not going to throw the the person that actually screwed up in their coaching staff. They're not going to throw them under the bus. That's a manager's job is to stand up front and wear it and take the bullets. And so they do take, you know, I think Rich, you know, Ricky did what he did, but I think that he's out there taking bullets for Cooper. I think he's taking bullets for the front office didn't get him to, didn't get him the pitching that he wanted. I think he was out there. And I think that when you take that and you go along with guys that maybe you, you don't want to throw your players under the bus, it comes across as being not disciplined enough or you're not tough on these guys enough. And a guy that comes in as an outsider like Dallas Keuchel might not know the dynamic early on. But I think that 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 that's you're you're kind of damned if you do if you damned you're a great coach if you're a player's coach until you're no longer winning and then all of a sudden you're 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 failing and and all of a sudden people think that you're lax and that I don't think that Madden was lax. What changed with the Cubs this year? Nothing, absolutely oh. nothing changed with the Cubs. But it was Madden. Madden was too soft. It's a whole nother coach. He wasn't even yeah. in the dugout last year. Right. Same problem. So, so real quick before we go to the Cubs offseason, I just like to point out that. Right now, if you're watching at home, live on Wednesday night, the Dodgers are up 13 to nothing <laughs> on the Braves in the third inning. It's a nail biter. If you would have went to points bet <laughs> and put in promo code Pinwheels and points did a points bet for Corey Seager, he's a triple shy of the cycle right now. He's three for three with a home run, a double, and a single. That is Easy money right there. You would be banking right now. So make sure you're downloading points by promo code pinwheels. Go around. Go fuck around. Get a little weird. Maybe have a drink. Go make some bets. And always, if you have an issue, get help. <laughs> I feel bad. <laughs> I feel bad if you live in Las Vegas, you cannot use point bet. Yes, Sorry, you can't so use Mike, points bet. Mike, you can't use it. Stop. Don't do it. No. Um, but, but the, if you're, yeah, if you're if anywhere you're, else. Yeah, in Illinois, you're good. Um, 
Actually, what we need to do is we need to get a VPN sponsorship, and then you can be anywhere. Always always one step ahead, although. Those are going to be our launch account. (laughs) But yeah, basically, really, right now, if you would have points betted anyone on the Dodgers, you're pretty much in the green because they're just beating the shit out of the Braves. And guys, guys, the Bears just went to plus two. Plus one hundred five money line. Just yeah, now, that line speaking. that line's been moving like crazy. The last it started at like five and a half, and it's already down to under three. Yeah, because the Panthers keep losing, dudes. Don't they? Yep. Yes. And, and the Falcons are plus four. I like I like Minnesota in that game actually a lot. Yeah, we can do that at the end of the show if you want. But let's get to the Cubs. So yes, White Sox fans, we are doing a Cubs offseason breakdown. So you should still listen to this or. You could take time to, you know, maybe put us on mute, go download points bet, use promo code pinwheels, yeah. and then play some bets. Maybe live bet the Braves and get insane odds because that's but you get a free bet. So fuck it, try it. You have Anyways, two choices. Yeah. Either listen to the podcast, keep listening, or go be a dick. So there we go. Listen. You can, you can combine that, keep listening, comment, be a dick about the Cubs, and uh, we'll read your comments too. Yeah, and maybe if you make me super upset, I'll quote Anchorman at you. So, I mean, you know, (laughs) he will do it. He will do it. He'll definitely do it. So, just like the – oh, there you go. We got some Cubs comments coming in. So, just like the White Sox, the Cubs didn't finish the season how they would have liked. Um, I'm sure, you know, Cubs thought they'd be a little bit farther than the White Sox were this year. And uh, there's some things that need to be done. So – Again, just like we did last week with uh, Beef Loaf, a.k.a. Mr. Delicious, a.k.a. Zoe's uncle, um, we're going to do that with the Cubs now with Sean. So uh, I'm going to actually turn things over to Aldo. I'll moderate a little bit, and I'm just going to keep – make me laugh with comments because I'm going to just sit here and get drunk. (laughs) So um, go ahead, Aldo. Take it away. Sean, where do we start? Like the – Big pile of shit, the little one, <laughs> even bigger one. Um, where does one approach the Jurassic where Park? Does one uh, let's see here. So I guess we can start off with just general, what what direction do you see the Cubs going? We know this is now the third straight year that yeah. we've heard like something's got to change. Um, obviously, we've seen that the front office hasn't given uh, Theo, or the ownership hasn't given Theo and uh, the front office the resources to actually make any real changes uh but you know you have what the core like the yeah rizzo Baez, bryant and i Contreras has two more years but those three guys have it's the last year of your, their deals or before they hit free agency oh and schwarber too they mm. could trade some of those guys maybe one of them gets an extension who knows at this point because again we don't know how much money they're going to spend yeah we not a lot so what, like, what direction do you think they do? Do you, do you think they just like not do anything again? Just run it back again? Uh, do you think they actually do make big trades? Do you think they just sign a couple guys, a combination, right? Everything. <laughs> it feels like they've tried to fix us with so many different band aids, and they've like tried every year. They're like, oh, we need the water resistant ones. Okay, we'll use these now, and this will work, and it'll be fine. And then they're like, oh, it wasn't big enough. It's on our knee. Okay, we'll we'll get one of the bigger band aids for the knee to cover the scrape. And then it's like this year, it's like, okay, this is year three of this offense being broken. Like if you go in again and be like, okay, so this year we're gonna try this guy lead off. This guy's gonna bat seventh, but then we're gonna platoon. This is like, no, 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 no. There needs to be change. And I I think it's coming to a natural point for the Cubs at this point. And I I feel like 
what's what, what really sucks, at least for most Cubs fans, is like I think when we got to this point, we'd all kind of be like it would be like these guys looking over the sunrise of like all these championships and like all these things that they've accomplished at Wrigleyville. And it's like, okay, well now, you know, this core can break up. The Cubs can maybe try and do different things, but it's pretty much just like steep decline since 2016 and like 2017, kind of 2018, bad 2019, not so great this year. But what do you make of it? Probably nothing. Um, so like you come into the season and you have to take a look at who are the players you realistically can get something back for. You've got four guys that you mentioned here, Schwarber, Baez, Brizzo, or Rizzo and Brian Rizzo, um, that are all going to be free agents after 2021, Contreras 2022. So you're five core guys. You're looking at those guys now. Realistically, what are you going to get back for them? Like Chris Bryant, elite player when healthy, has struggled to stay healthy a little bit, but still obviously a high ceiling. But teams already last year were balking at the Cubs' asking price, and all he did this year was get hurt and not really produce anything. So – that sucks because um, <laughs> that's about the worst case scenario you can have with your top asset. That was a guy you thought last year, if the grievance wasn't there, you'd probably get a good package for him. One year of control, not a whole lot of asking prices like that you're going to probably meet. And teams are going to lowball the Cubs because they know they have no leverage. Mm-hmm. Same could be said for Kyle Schwarber, but the Cubs could be ready to move on from him. I think when you talk about like who Schwarber is as a player, he's probably a guy that's going to go figure it out from another team and lead the league in home runs in a couple years a la Jorge Soler, kind of, um, and probably fit better in the lineup. But when you look at the rest of this, like, offense itself, the big issue is, like, one through seven could be anywhere in this lineup. And that was for a really long time considered great. But now you look at this lineup and it's like, okay, well, Kyle Schwarber kind of does the same thing as Wilson Contreras, but so does Javi Baez. Anthony Rizzo is great as a contact hitter, but also sort of mainly a power hitter. Chris Bryant, similar situation, an elite hitter that hasn't quite found himself. It sucks to see what happens to Brian because he's clearly, when healthy, probably the best player on this team. It hasn't quite happened yet. Same could be said for Ian Happ. So you have a lot of the same type of players throughout. What you need to do is figure out who you're keeping. Probably Anthony Rizzo, Javier Baez would be the two two guesses I had. I would say you want to maybe keep Wilson Contreras because he did nothing but maybe raise his stock this year with his catching, better offensively. But then, like, you talk about what the Cubs have in the farm system. It's a lot of catchers. So, like, you could maybe move these guys too, but I, I think you talk about Rizzo and Baez being your two guys you're you're definitely extending. And then you kind of look at what, like, the Athletics have done, the Rays have done, the, the Yankees have done, surprisingly, identifying guys who, like, maybe weren't, like, bottom of the scrap pile, but guys like DJ LeMahieu, who's been right there with Tim Anderson for the batting average title for the last couple of years now and the American League. Like, and you talk about a team like the Yankees, like, Mike, or you've got Giancarlo Stanton, you've got Aaron Judge, Gary Sanchez, like elite guys. Any Yankees fan will tell you DJ LeMay, who has been their best player the last two years. And he's a guy that the Cubs threw away, that the Rockies kind of founded. The Yankees turned into an MVP candidate. So, like, they want to try and identify those things. So, to me, that tells me they're not going to spend money. They're going to try and trade assets if there is anything there. Otherwise, they'll ride with it, see what happens at the deadline, and and honestly, probably just accept they're not going to get much back for some of these guys if that's how it works. But like that's kind of the hand you're dealt. Mm-hmm. You're not going to spend money. You're you're already trying to cut spending last year, and it was that was pre-COVID. There's no way in hell they're spending money now. Like the Ricketts realistically might not spend any money until they find out who the president is because they are spending money towards the, uh, the presidential campaign and. I don't want to make that political, but a lot of baseball teams are going to hold off money and realistically probably not spend money till sometime after December. And even then it's all reactionary. So 
you've got a lot of options. I think the Cubs' best approach, though, is identify who you're keeping and build around them. And I think that's what has to happen this offseason. You've got to figure out who are your guys that are going to be on this team post-2021 and who are the players you could identify, maybe not even for this offseason, but maybe two offseasons, three offseasons. They did that with Jason Hayward. He was on their, like, board of World Series players in 2013. Mm-hmm. Like, little things like that. I think that's where we're going to start to see the Cubs identifying talent and going from there. But in terms of this year, it's probably, like, be good, but just, you know, if it – if it, if if being good hurts what your chances are after the season, you're going to be bad because you need to make sure you're good post 2021. Sean, what do you think about the possibility of them of the Cubs? You know, especially with some of the more of the core, if if, if they're willing to keep guys around, um, doing backloaded short term contracts to get through like yeah. what we like a COVID era deal, like a two year deal where the first year, which would be like the 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 kind of questionable season. And then that backload where you've got a little bit more money where, you, you know, I'm, Ricketts isn't an idiot. I'm sure he can project that about three years. They're going to be fine. Yeah. I mean, the guy bought the, the team for $700 million, It's worth $3.6 I think he's going to be okay sooner or later. He's probably crying himself to sleep with dollar yeah. bill. God, but, uh, so many subprime loans. Right. And so, <laughs> But do you think that they'll go with some sort of like, you know, hey, look, we're going to lock you up. We're going to give you a two-year deal. But your, your, your front end is going to be really, really down because we're not sure what the finances are going to be like. But if you want to be here and you're willing to be here, Here's what you get because I could see a lot. Like I could see them doing that with like a hobby with it with a, even with a Rizzo. Exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, I think Chris's biggest. I think with Chris is a biggest actual snag point is getting to his ten and five. I think he wants a no trade clause. I think he wants to sign and stay wherever he's at. Exactly. And I think the biggest thing with Theo is he doesn't give those no trade clauses, which is hung up everything too. But he's willing to take probably a pay cut just to get that no trade clause. Again, backload a contract. You've got a lot of options, but do you think that the Cubs are willing to maybe go through that process and and even kick the tires of? backloading a contract even three years down the road you know down the road possibly even with some of these guys if they feel like they're they're worth it for the future yeah i think so i think javi like you said is is exactly the type of guy you would you would identify for something like that has already said publicly he wants to be here for the rest of his career rizzo's probably a similar guy too he'd be a free agent in like age 32 33 season like kind of right there in his prime maybe set to decline i could see him taking maybe a bigger pay cut for security um, those guys make sense. Chris Bryan, I want the Cubs to extend Chris Bryan so bad. I want him to be a Cub. Can I so record, Chris has been on record multiple times saying he wants to retire a Cub. Right. So, right. Javi's not the only one throwing that out <laughs> there. Chris Time out. Sean, I'm just very, very happy you didn't say some shit like Trey Chris Bryan or some shit. Because, like yeah, Kevin monkey. was sitting here waiting to pounce. <laughs> so I'm so glad no, you didn't no. say that. Like break a bottle. I'm like, I'm going to stab No, no, no. I, and I, I know how much you love Chris Bryant. Obviously, you're one of his coaches, but um, <laughs> he's he's such a great piece, and he's exactly what the Cubs would be looking for if you were to re- try to replace a player like Chris Bryant. So I, I think you're right. I think Chris's biggest thing is being able to make sure his family has stability. Him and his family have been in Chicago now for five, six years. They go back every offseason to Vegas. They're very comfortable there, and that's set up, and now he's got a kid. He obviously he is already taking a step back from being the player rep for the Cubs this year, let Ian Happ take that on a younger guy who's more involved. Like he's ready to kind of figure out where he's going and and play maybe the last contract. And I mean, Chris Bryant's a guy that easily could retire at like 34 and just like, you know, even be still one of the best players and just say, Hey, you know what? Like this was fun. I love baseball, but I have a wife. I've got a family. This is more what I'm up for anyways. Well, I mean, when you're the valedictorian, you graduate from USD and as fast right. as you did, you're not someone that can fall. He's someone that actually can truly fall out of baseball and have an, a f- completely different successful career outside totally of Totally fine. Yeah. But so like, I don't think that he's I, a baseball nerd though. He can't leave the game. That's it's you're asking someone that's 
it's in his DNA. So that's hard for right. me. That's a, you made you a great point. Ask his dad come on a podcast. A dictionary, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to kick the tires on that one today. <laughs> Sorry about that. But, uh, but yeah, I, I think I think that's probably the approach. If they are signed, like if the Cubs shocked everyone and signed someone like DJ LeMay, who might be a top free agent, I would assume it's a backloaded deal. I, I think it would have to be, mm-hmm. especially because the Cubs are not going over that luxury tax this year. And the way the salary is projecting this year so far, with like assuming all the free agents were to not sign, the Cubs' budget would be $180 million roughly. So if you're talking about like a luxury tax – being around 108 to one or two or sorry 208 to maybe 211 I think it might increase to somewhere in between there this mm-hmm. year um that's not a lot of wiggle room so you, you're probably gonna have to trade someone especially when you consider like you gotta sign a pitcher like that's gotta happen you gotta sign depth regardless you're probably gonna need to find maybe another depth infielder or maybe you go with someone in your you know organization you realistically need to sign a couple more relievers like there's money that's gonna need to be spent and then money to have in case something were to happen in the season so like Budget's tight, and you got guys you got to figure out arbitration wise what they're getting to. So here's me over here just praying the Cubs could find some sort of package deal to cut salary and land Whit Merrifield at the same time because he's worth like five million dollars a year. Oh next year, like two and a half million. The he Royals. would be a perfect cost control guy that actually the Cubs need in that lineup—a bat control guy, not a not a slugger, but a guy that actually. I, yeah, I've been a big fan of his for like seems like forever now, but. Like a, like a show, like a pack. already said, Whit like Merrifield a, is already the Brian he, Roberts. Yeah, I was gonna say he, keep he's saying the Brian Roberts. Brian Roberts, yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, just, it's just not gonna happen. But not, he's, he's, he's also, his, his contract yeah, is also half of what that. Brian Roberts was ten. You know, when he was in his Ballard, prime, Brian Roberts Ballard. was ten to twelve million a year. This is he's two and a half million dollars a year next year. Um, he's five, two and a half, and then five, and then free agent. I think it is. Uh, so, Sean, you mentioned the pitching and the depth. I mean, the Cubs. So the Cubs are gonna get. They're starting now with. They have Kyle Hendricks, Hugh Darvish, you know, Alec Mills is going to be at the end of the rotation. Uh, then you have Alzali, who, you know, made some good strides this year. So he's definitely going to compete for, like, that fifth spot. Like you said, they need to sign at least one more starter, and hopefully it's multiple. But then we go again to the tight budget. So, like, who? let's fix the rotation right now, Sean. Who do you got? Throw out some names. Um, does uh, Tywin Walker interest you? Um, <laughs> I mean, he was he was okay with this Seattle. The Cubs were close yeah. to signing him. They were, yeah, they were. He's a guy that I would say, like that type of fold, like it would probably be uh, like the Kendall Gravermans, the Drew Smileys of the world. I think realistically, their best chance of like having a good rotation again is is going with Darvish Hendricks. Obviously, they they have to. They're signed. Um, Mills is your third or fourth guy. I think Elzelai is your your next guy. I think he showed he should have been on this team forever ago. Every time Dan Winkler pitched, I just like wanted to punch him in his goofy face. <laughs> you guys ever like if you guys want to see something weird. Go to the Cubs baseball reference page and look up Dan Winkler's picture. You know he looks weird, dude. It looks like it looks like it without clown like like makeup on. That's what it looked like to me. I was just like Dan Winkler, you are just this terrifying person to stare at. I guess that helps. I guess when players, (laughs) he looks like like a horse. (laughs) You you look at the guy on the bump. If he looks like a horse, then yeah, you're a little bit concerned that maybe this guy might not be playing with a full deck. Exactly, not, not too comfortable digging in. It just, uh, I don't know. It's annoying. But uh, I like Alzali a lot was what I was getting from that. And also wanted to point out how goofy Dan Winkler looks. So no offense, if, Dan. Um, if you hover over his picture, you know how they show like yeah, his yeah. <laughs> it's worse. It's like, a, it's like an extremely, no, it's like a, a like a handsome dude. Like could be like. Is it really? You know, and then it's like this horse face guy. I don't get how this hey. happens. Oh, hey, hey, though, I'll one up you. Stare at his picture for 30 straight seconds. 
okay, into your computer monitor and then immediately turn and face the white wall behind you where your makeup kit is. And that's from Mailman Jack. But then you'll, you know what you'll see? You'll see the nun. Yeah, you'll see, man. Ghost, you'll see the, the terrifying look of staring at his face and then staring at the wall. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> there he is, though. Look at the screen. <laughs> but look at that, dude. He looks like Jeff Samarja's horse. <laughs> like, Sorry, dude. dude. Sorry, Dan. I know Sorry, we're all man. male models on this show, but like, damn, Dan. That's going to hire your dreams out. That was not a flattering picture. Proceed. Give him some carrots or some celery. I don't know. Yeah, man. <laughs> he's definitely... Definitely, yeah, I don't know what I'm saying about him. He's a weirdo, you know what he but, swings uh, ass. He yeah. swings ass, we don't. Let's just be honest here. It doesn't matter if he looks like Mr. Ed or if he looks like Smeagol. <clears throat> He's going to have uh, relations. Yes. And we're in our um, recording studio right now. So. Yep. Yeah. But, but yeah, to, to, to touch on the pitching, yes, it, it, they've got to they've got to address that. I I, I think it's going to be smaller moves. I think it'll be guys internal. I think when you look at like what Alzali did, he obviously deserved to be up there. Braylon Marquez is probably a year two away. That was a pretty brutal start against the White Sox. Um, it wasn't a start, but uh, yeah, that was was cool for like two seconds when he struck out Jose Abreu, and then it just immediately, immediately crashed and burned. But he's Not obviously – your cherry is never pretty. That's yeah, right. That's another way is ugly. And it's Usually. like the, the way the Cubs did it too. They just like announced it at like 1130 before the game. They're like, yeah, uh, <laughs> our top pitching prospect's going to pitch today. He'll throw an inning. We don't know when. He's okay, bye. The, and then it's like, McDonald's. They, yeah, they like start Jose Abre- or Jose Quintana or Elzelay, and then Quintana comes in, and it's like, okay, well, there's seven innings. Like, when's this guy going to come in? Shows up in the eighth. It's a massive lead. Blows it. You're just like, why? Yeah, of course he's nervous. Like, you just like told him today, hey, you're going to pitch, and we're going to tell the media you're pitching. Is that cool? I I don't know. I've never done this before. No, <laughs> I know there's no fans in the stand, but like this seems kind of important. I don't know. So like, it was a dumb way to handle it, but um. The pitching itself internally, there's like options there, but they're probably still guys that need to be worked on. There's relievers like Burl Caraway. He seemed mm-hmm. like he was really close and a guy they were talking a ton about. Um, even after they drafted, I thought he might Garrett Crochet his way into the, the Cubs roster this year, but that didn't happen. But they've got young arms they like. I think outside of like fringe players, like if there were a starter, I don't know. I had the free agents pulled up here at one point, but like, I don't know. They, they would probably like, Picture Jason Marquez in 2020. Like, that's the pitcher they probably want. An innings eater who's not going to cost a lot. I don't know. It could be Tyler Chatwood again. I really hope not. He I was going to ask you. Do, do they take another, like, risk on a guy that, that's coming back from TJ, like from Tommy John, and, and, I, and, and kind of play that analytics game where they're like, if this dude pans out, right. you, know, if you throw enough lawn darts for, like, cheap prices – eventually you throw, like, six lawn darts in the air, you're probably going to hit somebody in the leg. That's And, and that's been, like, kind of their – Right, and that's been their approach for a while, but none of those guys have panned out, and they've immediately like given up on them. It feels like after spring training, like Kendall Graverman, did he ever even like pitch as a Cub? Like I don't know. Well, see, that was that was the other frustrating thing because like Kendall Graverman, they signed him specifically because they knew he wasn't going to pitch that first year, but he yeah. could have been an option. But then the only reason they let him go was because he was going to be owed like three and a half million dollars. Yeah, they're like, shit, a- we cannot, we yeah. cannot. Whoa, whoa, uh, whoa, that's Daniel Descalso money. I'm that's sorry. Right. That, was, <laughs> that, that was, Daniel Descalso is literally the only multi-year yeah. free agent deal the Cubs have had since 2018. Uh, but you brought up Chatwood. I was going to bring up the, I guess, the three free agents. Mm-hmm. Would you bring back, uh, from the starting pitching, uh, starting pitching rotation. So would you bring back any of Lester, uh, Chatwood, or Quintana? 
I probably wouldn't bring back Chatwood or Quintana. I like I like Chatwood when he plays up as a reliever. Like last year, he he touched like a hundred a couple times in the bullpen, and that would have been cool. Um, I would have liked to see that maybe work out, but I also don't know. Like he's he was great for like four starts this year, and then couldn't get healthy again. And he does have Jackal and Hyde kind of syndrome a little bit, so I'm nervous about him. Quintana, I I feel like he might get good money to go pitch for a good team, and good for him if that's what happens. I feel like he's just the guy the Cubs fans like irrationally hate because. They just didn't do as well as their prospects. They traded downhill. Yeah. Eloy and Cease. So high. That 12 strikeout game against the Orioles. I remember we were talking about in the sports mockery chat. We were like, oh my God, Jose Katana mowing dudes down. And then, and then it just didn't. Then I was like, oh, maybe it was because he faced the Orioles. Um, Day of trade anger between me and Adam Nissen. Bad. That that day that trade happened. Adam and I have been going back for three years now. He thought Quintana was going to be like an ace, number one, number two. And I'm like, dude, he's a back of end rotation guy. And I was really, I was had an Eloy crush, like a terrible Eloy. I wasn't even I, a crush with Cease. It was uh, all about Eloy for me. And I was just I on behalf of White Sox fans, we don't want him back. You guys, oh, oh, oh that's not true. That's, that's a comment up here. You, you, you guys need to reach the back end too. You'll take Curb him. Lawrence was like, like was we were talking, we were both like just shitty on Quintana because that's what we were doing at one time in a podcast. And he's like, Oh, I'll take him back in a heartbeat. And I was like, Dude, I <laughs> no, you wouldn't no. trust me. <laughs> no, I, I think he's pretty cooked. Yeah, um, man. Do you take Lester? Do you take Lester back at a discount? Yeah. I, so that's, I, I don't know if I would want to, but it, a few ups seem mentioning him specifically in their press conference saying, like, you know, the door hasn't closed essentially on John Lester returning. Um, I think it's Theo speak for like, yeah, we're basically going to see if he wants to retire. If not, we'll work out a deal. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's I would like, assume he's be back. He sounded so um, like he sounded like a guy that was like making sure he touched all his bases on his way out. Yes. Because he couldn't touch all the bases with the fans on the way out. So he was saying the right things. He was treating it as if there is no tomorrow. If this is my last swan song, if this is the swan song, right. I'm, I'm going out. But it, he never actually closed a book on it. And so that's what I think. You could to have have a John Lester as like your four or five at the back end of your rotation, even knowing that he's there to be a mentor guy on a cheap cheaper deal. Obviously, that's not excessive. Right, right. I, I think that that's actually he, he's earned the right to be a number five with the Cubs if he wants to be. Oh yeah, he's I mean and the respect in that clubhouse too. Like those guys like love John Lester. There's no way they wouldn't try and work out a deal, even if like he was like cooked. They would probably just find a way to be like, okay, well you can just have a phantom injury like Daniel Descalso and be on this team for a year and a half inexplicably. So. I mean, I like those moves, but I always say for things like that, that's fine. If you want to bring him back, make him make him like a coach or something. I don't right, like yeah. he, he can give all the guys all the mentorship that they want. I don't need I need I don't need to see him pitch like yeah. that. So you don't like John Lester as a five? Like you think he's a, a five? He's a, yeah. Like no, I'd rather just give if it's between John Lester and like giving a young guy a shot, give me a young guy because the Cubs need to move on. <laughs> that that guy, just goes that goes with their pitching staff as well. Uh, one guy I would say that the Cubs might be hot on um, in this offseason they would spend money on is Kevin Gossman. I don't yes. know why. I feel like you and I have probably written like a million like rumor articles about Kevin Gossman and Sonny Gray. I feel like those were the mm-hmm. two guys. <laughs> I feel like I asked Eastman to make a million edits for me when I was at SM <laughs> for those pictures. Um, but I, those are the uh, Kevin Gossman's always been a guy for whatever reason the Cubs are obsessed with. He's going to be a free agent this year. He pitched relatively well. I could see the Cubs wanting interest in him, but like that's probably the top. Like people mentioning something about like Marcus Stroman. Like <laughs> no, you just like, read my mind. Have you met, have you seen this team? Have you seen what they do? They don't. They spent a lot of money before. Now they don't, and they're never going to because Stroman's coming to the South Side. So don't worry about him. Oh, okay. Yeah, don't worry about that. 
Does he really vibe? Coming. I don't think he vibes with Tony Larusa. Um, no. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, this doesn't happen. Uh, I don't need to see. Uh, Lil Yumper asked, uh, any chance the Cubs look at suspended at DH if he's healthy? No. No. I'd rather give Yasiel Puig a shot before I give Oh, him don't this. say that name on this show. I'm so sick of fucking Puig. I'm so uh, sick. All no. the fans, Puig, 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 play right field. <laughs> you know what? If he was so damn good, how come no one employed him this whole season? I think he like let like said like he opted out towards the end, but like mm-hmm. it was just kind of one of those like mm-hmm. I opted out I broke with her. She didn't pick up. Yeah, with me. I opted out too, but I also yeah. never played baseball, so I mean, I like, opted out. You... And we all opted out. Right? I actually haven't yeah. officially opted out. I'm waiting until the end of the, uh, the postseason before I make that. I don't want to take anything away from the World Series. That's smart. Um, that's so I know Maddie mentioned you put the Cubs here. It's going to be good. Can the so Maddie mentioned making fun here. Say uh, Cubs can pick up Carlos Rodon if he's non-tendered, but he does bring a point. We are going to see a lot more just random non-tenders this offseason because, yeah. again, teams are just going to want to shed any money that they can. Yes. Carlos Rodan, we've talked about it. Zoe's <laughs> talked about it since, like, 2017. Carlos Rodan can be a solid reliever, maybe. <laughs> like, we'll take, we'll take your trash, Zoe. We'll maybe make him into something. I, like, Zoe brought it up as soon as recently as, like, three weeks ago before Carlos Rodan was just garbage out of the bullpen. But – if you can like bring in a guy like Rodan or somebody else, I don't know. Yeah. And be like, Hey, you're not starting anymore. Maybe you can build there, but hey, we're bringing you in. You can be a reliever. We're going to give you a shot to extend your career. Cause you've been really bad and you've yes. been really injured. Yes. I think we can see a couple of those moves too. What about a, what about a, what about a Mike minor, a lefty who was it like, like a Cy Young candidate in 2019 and was just right. not good this year, but he's on the free agent market. He's older. He could he'd be a good, like lefty, like two year, three year gap. Yeah. And he's depends a guy on that's the money. Yeah, he's exactly. I think it all depends on the, on the money itself, but he's a guy that'd be interesting. Cause he's, he, he's a reliever that turned into a starter. So mm-hmm. sliding him back into that bullpen role wouldn't be crazy. He'd be very versatile. Yeah. yeah. Mike Montgomery, yes, probably a lot better than Mike Ugh. Montgomery, but <laughs> that same role. But yeah, um, yeah, go ahead. No, I was going to say Mike Miner is interesting. I, I, it all depends. Like, like you were saying, the DFA candidates. I think that's where the Cubs are hoping they're going to get banged for their buck. Like, I was talking about this on our podcast uh, with my co-host Ryan, and uh, we were saying, like, like what if the Twins, like, just DFA like Nelson Cruz, or I think he might be a free agent this year. Actually, like, how awesome would it be if the DH stays in the National League and the Cubs could go sign like a Nelson Cruz? Like, that'd be awesome. Like, I I don't care what happens. That dude has hit like nothing, done nothing but hit like forty plus home runs every year. Putting him at the DH role would be awesome. These last couple of years, his batting average and his BABIP have gone up despite the power numbers going down. That still shows he's a very talented hitter at 39 years old. Like, put that dude at DH at Wrigley Field and watch him smash bombs on the wavelength. Get him on the AL Central. Yeah. Yeah, that's a win for the White Sox, too, if the Cubs take him. Please. By the way, if we didn't say it, if we didn't say it, by the way, Sean's podcast is Locked on Cubs. Yes. (laughs) I said it. Did you be, wait, yeah, Here's another name that uh, I think he's been linked to the Cubs uh, in previous years too, but from the Rockies, John Gray. John Gray, I knew you were going to say. <laughs> uh, so he's going to be in his third or in his final year of arbitration. That can either be a trade candidate or it can be a guy who the Rockies are like, we're just going to save that money. Uh, I'd like to see something get done with him uh, again. Hopefully, we don't get like a chat with 2.0, but. I, I th- obviously those are like the type of names that we're gonna have to look at because it's not going to be Strowman, right? 
like it's not gonna be anyone that we like yeah. think of like yeah that guy was very good like we're pumped that's and that's that that deal exactly is probably what you're gonna see like a deal for Kyle Schwarber. It's basically like someone flipping their bad pitcher for their for like or maybe underachieving pitcher for the underachieving hitter. You have the Rockies weirdly are obsessed with Kyle Schwarber and him playing first base. They were so interested in it that they tried Daniel Murphy there after the Cubs signed him the following year. They're them and the Yankees are like obsessed with putting like kind of weird big toolsy dudes at first base. Luke Voigt's now there for the Yankees and is an AL MVP candidate. Um, like, I don't know why these teams have like wanted to put like athletically bigger dudes at first base, but Kyle Schwarber is a guy I could see eventually turning himself into a decent first baseman. He did it in left field. And I mean, that dude is literally like the size of a linebacker playing. He's a catcher, man. He's a catcher. It was in his job description. He just has to learn the footwork. That's I'll be honest. Let's let's be honest. First baseman aren't, it's not that incredibly tough a job, but yeah, Rizzo makes it look a lot. (laughs) He makes it look great too, but it's also like, being flexible, being able to move, but that's why you can have an Eddie Murray playing until he's like 78 at first right. base in, in, in the show because it's a place where footwork matters, savvy matters, but it's also a place where you put – that's where Ernie Banks moved when, he is, when his knees started giving out. It's where you put the guys that can't move. And Schwarber, I think that he's an intelligent guy. So that's, yes. a, that's a definite possible destination for the guy. And, again, he has hands. Mm. How, how are you a college catcher, a quality college right. catcher? And not have good hands. He's got hands, so that's not an issue out there. And he's been—I think he's been fantastic in left field. The, the devotion he's gone and learning that position shows that he would—he would be su- completely successful as a first baseman. Right. Easily. He's got the work ethic. He's obviously a great clubhouse guy. All the intangibles are, are great for Schwarber, and that makes the trade with someone like the Rockies maybe a little bit easier. Pull off <laughs> a guy like Gray—that would be exactly the type of deal you're probably expecting for Schwarber or Brian at this point if you were to make a deal for those guys. But yeah, that's a. <laughs> gray has been like the the guy the rockies have been like man if we could move him for like xyz on the cubs or the mets for a while it feels like that's been the guy so do you think the cubs and again i again i hate this i hate this because it makes me sad because he had his best i think his best year as a cub and he's been more than just a cub he's obviously a, a leader in the clubhouse but that contract with with jason hayward do you think that there's a possibility with him being at his highest value that he's been since he's been a cub although he has the no trade clause now he's mm-hmm. in ten and five, so I guess that kind of like really actually complicates yep. things. So they really are kind of screwed there. He's got to, yeah, he's got to wave it uh, unless he wants to go somewhere. They're really not going to be able to package that salary away. So I guess you've got to really figure out a way. You know, last year would have been a great year to like sell when you had Schwarber as highest value, mm-hmm. you had Jason Hayward as lowest value, but you could have had someone grab that paycheck and say, "I'm getting cheap Schwarber." The Marlins would have done something like that for sure. Yeah. Yep. I um I I think with with Hayward you're probably saddled in that deal and the Cubs probably aren't upset about that. Uh, the last like season and a half, I guess, if you want to put in 2020, is like exactly what they thought they were getting in Schwarber. Like I forgot he hit 21 home runs last year. Like whoa, God, Jason Hayward. Um, <laughs> I feel like every ball comes off his bat like at 100 well, yeah. miles an hour. It feels like you got to bring you got to bring back the juice balls. That yeah, they yeah. <laughs> bring in, the play, in the play in the playoffs now, but what you mean the playoff baseball? Yeah, let's juice them. Um, but yeah, but um, yeah, it's gonna be tough to move Hayward. I I think unless a team like like San Francisco has always liked going and get outfielders that can play right field because it's so awkward and technical at Oracle. Um, but I'm pretty sure they've got Yastrzemski's like nephew there now. So like I don't know why they would. I don't know. That I, I think they're probably stuck with him, and they, I don't see them trying to push too hard to trade him unless the team's like, hey, we want Jason Hayward, and we'll. Give I know you a team. Back. Yeah. I know a team that needs a right fielder that needs a left-handed bat, and Jason Hayward oh. can stay in Chicago. The White Sox. So, yeah, no. we traded for Jason Hayward. No one. We're getting Jock Peterson. 
Mm. Jock Peterson. I don't think so, man. A guy that should have been a White Sox last year. That was stupid. He should have totally been a White Sox. Whoever tweeted at the deal ruined it. Yeah, they screwed it up. Twitter ruined that deal. Twitter ruined that deal. So so for all Sox fans, never tweet out any uh, trade rumor that you might have heard of. Yeah. Uh, Sean, you mentioned the DH, and I was was thinking about, uh, you know, thinking about the core, like who do you trade, who do you keep, who do you build around. Mm. And I was thinking about Wilson Contreras (laughs) is the guy who, even at this point, I would keep on only because the DH, I mean, the DH is going to stay. Yeah. So there's a guy who can DH, he can catch. And hell, if you're going to move on from Schwarber, which I think the Cubs will eventually, if it's not this year, I'm like, I don't think he's going to be a guy that they're building around. Teach him how to play left field. I mean, he's played a little left field. He hasn't been that great. He has, yeah. We know he has a great arm. Yes. Get him out in that field. Be like, hey, go play left for like 40 games a year. Yeah. So that's why I would still keep Wilson Contreras at this point. I would too. I, I think Contreras and like yeah, the, 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 the adjustments he made in his catching, his framing this year was just nuts. Like he went from being like one of actually the worst framing catching baseball catcher, uh, catching, catching baseball catcher is what I just said. Um, <laughs> but yeah, one of the better, one of the worst framing catchers in baseball to becoming like quite literally one of the best. He was in the top five percentile for baseball at, this year. That's nuts. Like that's just insanely good. And if that guy's going to commit to that that much and make that much of an improvement, like obviously 60 game season, but still like, that is like that is nuts. Um, like, why would you trade that? Like, the only team I could see really making a real deal for someone like Contreras would be like the Rays, and that's because they can throw so many arms that are hurt, but are were top prospects like Brett Honeywell and all that stuff. Throw them at the Cubs to to take someone like Contreras. I don't know if they would do that, but like that's the only deal where I, I see you trade Contreras and you get value back because he is just everything you'd want in a catcher, and. Like you said, you could slide him into the outfield, no problem. You could put him at first base as a spell. You could DH him consistently, and you've got a ton of depth at the catching spot in your in your in the minors. It's one of the only places the Cubs have depth in their minors right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, that that does it just makes too much sense to me to hold on to him too. That's how I would feel too. See, for me, I'm looking at this in the, the exact opposite. That because you have that depth, I mean, you've got Amaya, mm-hmm. I mean, you have Caratini, obviously, but you got Amaya, you got Hearn, you got Cantero. Caratini's not. Second. You got some no no I'm saying but you've got Hearn Cantero and you've got Amaya obviously you've got three yeah. potential freak Cantero show Cantero and Hearn are two guys they're high on too as well right and so you've got you know yes it again I guess it's it's same with me because again I'm with KB I'm the worst yeah. um <laughs> you know I'm I'm just as conflicted with it even if he wasn't my player he's the kind of guy that I love to root for right he's, he plays it right and you look at Contreras and the dude's exciting he actually had a very pretty good year considering everything he had a bad start finished strong he improved his game he showed that he's adaptive and he can work hard on his craft yeah i think again that shows value to other franchises and organizations that are looking to make some moves when you have that depth like how long do you sit on that depth like and sit there and go well we've got three freak shows here possibly is this worth the risk to really you know is that is he someone that you could actually net more this offseason if you're going to make any moves. If you do, because it's the COVID offseason, we don't have any idea what they're going to they right. might They might sit on their hands. But if you're going to make a move, you want the most value out of, you know, most bang for your buck. And Contreras would get the most bang for his buck because he actually did have a pretty decent season. Um, I, you know, I, hate, you're, I don't think, I think Hap's untouchable just for the reason that he had made right. that adjustment fantastically. But I think that you look at, like, you look at anybody else, so you look at Wilson, you look at KB, you look at Javi, you look at even Rizzo, of those positions, you know, catcher is deep, shortstop is deep, middle infield is deep in the Cubs organization. You don't have many good corner guys, and you don't have like a Rizzo, 
Mm-hmm. I, Rizzo's a Rizzo. Like it's, it's all it's its own. So like, right. does that put Contreras maybe in that talk just because they have so much depth there? Just like with Javi, does that put Javi in the talks? Because I'll be honest, 2022, 2023, it's the edge. It's the Ed Howard show. Whether Javi's rocking right. or not, right. Ed Howard is going to be a special player. And so, how long? You know, do you wait? Do you gamble? Where's the gamble? Do you connect? Better yet, and this is what I've heard from the Bryant camp too. That's something that the Cubs have mentioned in conversations. Do you bring players or keep players coming back? that are mentor figures for the younger pups to bridge the Epstein era to the, the Hoyer era or whoever the hell it is, is going to be. Right. Do you want guys that are, that are teachers and mentors, or do you want guys that are just about themselves? Like, and so that's not something that we can judge because we're not in that clubhouse, but I'm pretty sure they have a good idea of who's that mm-hmm. in the clubhouse. Do you think that the Cubs go with that? And again, do they go with, does that make Contreras a leader? Is he a leader? Is he a teacher? Or is he, is he expendable because he's, he's working hard for Willie? And which is not a problem. I have no problem with that. But is he a guy that can also help bridge that gap? And where's my buzz sound? Like? I was going to waiting for the buzz sound from. Oh, what's he going to do? Is he going to work hard for Willie? Oh, you are dirty. As soon as he said that, I looked right at. No, you. have some more beer. I was like, that is. Oh. We're coming from a baseball term that says "strap it on, baby." Yeah. Let's go. So That's we can fine. take as much as we can get. Well, God I was kind of spacing out a little bit, and all I heard was "work hard for Willie." <laughs> <laughs> I just started. I can't hold it anymore. Oh my God! That's what so, she said. It's called Rose Friday Night. Hey, all right. No, no, no! You're having a baby. You're not. But, uh, shit, oh my God! Shut up! Uh, <laughs> That thing is drink. Mark McGuire's forearm. Where did that come from? No, what are you drinking? Uh, we got a little uh, Sam Adams Oktoberfest, which Ooh. I don't really think Oktoberfest beers are shite, but this one's actually pretty good. Yeah, I don't but mind that. Do you no, see the uh, uh, no free the, ads? Did you see the Bill Burr SNL like a uh, joke Fantastic. commercial they did about Sam Adams Oktoberfest? Not yet. But I've been told by episode. a lot of people I need to watch that whole episode. Yeah, you would. Yeah, for yeah, you would love that Bill Burr episode for sure. But uh, opening monologue was priceless. Yeah, it, it was everybody. It was killer. He just wanted to piss everyone off. But I saw, uh, yeah, well, I saw Mission Accomplished with that, and yeah, so I got. I have to watch that. Yeah, he crushed it. But um, I guess for for Contreras and, and and talking about him as a player himself, like obviously, yeah, there's depth there, catcher spot at, at the catching spot for the Cubs. You could trade someone like him, and I don't think they would say we're not going to do it. Um, but it's going to have to probably be like controllable pitching that comes back, mm-hmm. maybe top end starter, maybe not. Uh, who knows if he can even get that at this point? But I think uh, they'll they'll listen to any deal. And they'll be reactive. I don't think they'll have to be proactive. I don't think they're going to go out and be shopping a lot of these guys. But everyone knows that the Cubs are pretty much putting everyone up available at this point outside of like the long-term deals they have, which are pretty much just their their starters in Hayward. Mm-hmm. Um, so like I, 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 the Cubs are going to be very active in terms of like who comes out in DFAs. They're going to be active in like who all of a sudden is now a trade candidate or maybe the Rays or the A's decide like, Oh, we're not going to be competitive this year for some crazy reason and move prospects like that. Then they'll probably get more active in there. But um, I don't think they're going to go out of their way just to move these guys. Cause Theo says that we need to change things. Um, maybe that happens after this year. He hasn't necessarily guaranteed that maybe Theo's out before the end of this year. Who knows? That leads me to a good question. Um, because you, you, I know you deal with, you know, I'm sure you're reading up on everything that comes out of Chicago media and everything and all the, 
bullshit that kind of pops out of the bald headed rumor monger um, over there at uh, whatever uh, whatever radio station. I don't even want to name them, but the, the bald headed guy that likes to tell bull crap. And, you listen every day, Kevin. Don't pretend the, you're the, guy that, the guy that likes to do post game <laughs> interviews with a Walmart baseball glove with the price tag still on it, like it's a 1987 LA it's Raiders a, hat. Like and he's a gang still like number one on the radio because people but, like Kevin. Sorry. Um, anyhow, <laughs> do you feel like you're the way Theo has answered? I, I ignored everything you said. I didn't actually hear anything you said. But yeah, the, uh, <laughs> <laughs> do you think that the, because the Theo answers his questions in every poster, every post and every kind of thing, because he's such a professional because he's a damn professional. Theo is that he goes out there and he answers every question in the most lawyer speak way possible. Oh so that when he's God. like, are you going to think about trading someone? He goes, well, everybody's available. And then people latch on in the Cubs yeah. universe because he doesn't give a direct answer. Well, I might be back. I might not be back. <gasps> Theo's not coming back. Like it, it becomes, and then all of a sudden, I know, and although I, I, we talked about it today too, you pull quotes from 2016 to say, well, he's not coming back next year. Like, he is, said it like is, last week too. And what he did, and he, but, he, but he alludes to it. He doesn't say it, he doesn't say it directly. He doesn't say it directly. He alludes to it saying that he has the opportunity. Uh oh. Say it one at a time. Oh, one at a time. He doesn't say it directly. He gives that lawyer speak where he's like, I mean, if the opportunity arises, I would be crazy to not think about the potential of blankety blank. And right. everyone thinks, boom, oh, he's leaving. Like, and, and the fact is, is would he, you know, the 10 year thing, because Bill Walsh said it, you know, and he like said it, you know, he likes the right. idea of the 10 year thing. Is that 10 years less appealing because he won two World Series championships in Boston, not one? Is the fact that he's being asked to be a pay less shoes manager now compared to being a actual like, buy your talent and win a freaking world series guy. He's got a trim payroll. Is that something that probably turns Theo off to this whole process? And might, he might leave early because he doesn't have the resources that he was promised for the, for the duration of when the Cubs should theoretically have the resources to allow him to do what he does best. Is right. it, is, has the fun been lost for him? Because we'll, we'll just say Ricketts, but it's probably Crane Kenny too. And yeah. <laughs> it, you know, I mean, that's, that's Kaplan's guy. We know that. Cap source, but yeah, <laughs> unnamed source that nobody else in that clubhouse trusts. Caps, but he's a snake, but whatever. Um, and does that make Theo's job less fun? So does that thin that timeline? And if Ricketts was a different owner, if he was willing to open up the pocketbooks, would Theo be theoretically more open to sticking around and maybe going beyond the ten years because the job's fun, because the job's enjoyable? It's a challenge again to get back to the World Series one more time. And now he's he could walk away. I don't know. Yeah. I feel like I feel like the Cubs would have had to have done something like offer Epstein some like a portion of ownership, kind of what the A's did with with Billy Bean. Obviously, now he's leaving to go be with the White Sox, so that sucks. But um, <laughs> I, I, something like that would have to be what what, what would entice Theo because I don't really know like what else does that guy go do? Like, does he want to go? Yeah, right. Like, shut down. Yeah. Does he like? Does he want to go? Yeah, I mean, obviously, can't go play guitar with uh with Eddie Vedder this year. But like, I don't know, like. Do you want to go win a championship with the Phillies? Like, no offense to Philly, I know he's an East Coast guy, and I know his I know his wife is still like like most of her family lives around New Jersey. Like, I know he he eventually wants to get back to that direction, but I think like baseball wise, he's not trying to stick home. He's trying to go do something he hasn't done before. The um, great challenge. The great yeah, challenge. He's, he wants to do that. I mean, he's already probably the best executive in baseball history, but you know. I, I don't know. I, I would say there's probably an opportunity that he could maybe like if the Cubs offered him ownership stake, he could get snuck in, but I don't know. Everything just kind of screamed to me. Like he's here for one more year, maybe. And that's about it. Hold on. Didn't he start his career in the, with the Padres? He did. Yeah. The Padres on the cusp 
of doing something again. Yeah, but I think they're run by uh, I think they're run by one of Epstein's guys actually. Yeah. And oh, that's where okay. Hoyer comes from. He stole Hoyer, and that's yeah. how they got Rizzo. It was like a Red Sox trade to the Padres, and he, came, and he could just make his way to Boston, Chicago, yeah. back to San Diego. It's like the Bermuda Triangle. He owns the nation. By the way, I am no, I'm in no way defending Tom Regis or the ownership because they haven't gone to that next level of uh, spending when the team was right in the middle of the window of winning. Right. But the Cubs payroll has been at since 2016 through this year. It was at 171 million, 172 million, 183 million, 214 million, and last year's at 188. So it's not like uh, so. What does that put them? Like seventh? No, they've been like top four, top three, like two out of the past three. So I know that Yankees, Angels, and that was that just like broke me. Broke me tears because I thought there's no fucking way that they're just gonna let this guy that everyone knew Harper wanted to go to the Cubs and the Cubs wanted Harper, and that just broke me because they didn't even fucking try. I and like I Philly the whole time. Yeah, and you could tell Theo Epstein's press conference at the end of the year, like he was like, "Screw this, we're gonna go get one of the best players in the market, fix everything else, and it'll be great." And then like the tone changed entirely from October yep. to like December, and it's like, "Yeah, I don't, we uh, we 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 hadn't really gone through our baseball budget yet." It's like, "Yes, you did. They just told you, yes, <laughs> yes you did." Into his office with like a piece of newspaper, down boy, yeah. Down boy. Like and then like of course like everything broke out after that with like the what happened with the Ricketts and their email scale or scandal and it's like they being sold being one hundred percent over budget on the on the construction and bragging about it in Forbes magazine. Oh my god! Like it's so can't players. I just like and it's so annoying now that those guys cry poor when it's like yeah you know what like when you take your business that's quite liquid and you invest it into other assets that are now depreciating because they aren't making any money because it's COVID maybe you should have thought about that because you get paid millions of dollars to run a baseball team you dumbasses like what are you talking about Ugh. I'm I'm in you I'm feeling I, you right now it's just it's just a very stupid process that the Ricketts like realistically yes they could spend money they have been in the top of the payroll and they've guaranteed they would be in the top five ten of payroll and that's great because that wasn't a consistent thing mm-hmm. but it's obvious it, it like things needed to change you needed to invest more in this team because you haven't quite figured it out from the player development standpoint instead they reinvested in that stuck with the same team now you're stuck with tough five really tough decisions about guys who quite literally like either like are, are a part of your team and you're great or most likely pretty good in 2021. And then who knows, or if they aren't on your team, you're probably taking a step back. Lily Umper says it perfect. The, the wheelbarrows of cash, wheelbarrows of cash coming out. It, the fact is this is a, an owner that has invested in a team and gave us a bullshit narrative about PR stories, about meeting his wife in the bleachers that went out there has the money. Now, although you make a great argument, yes, they are spending, but you also said since 2016, payroll has actually gotten worse. They invested no, then. They got their they got their world championship. Right. And they're willing to sit because Cub fans for 109 <laughs> years came back every year like gluttons for punishment. Spent like, no, just I, as agree. Much. I agree with you and they got their win. They got their world series. They can like, sit back. I that the payroll has gone down. It's just not true. Like it was at it was over 200 Ten million dollars in 2019. Like Theo's made some bad moves, and that's on him too. Like, right. but that's no me saying like, oh, like yeah, no, Tom Ricketts is fast. Like, no, they should have spent more because uh, mm-hmm. there was obvious flaws uh, in the team, and they just didn't. But to say that like, oh, they've just gone completely cheap. That's also not true. Uh, well, one last thing with what? 
current peril. I guess that's what they're not extending or changing. They're not adapting. And you know, if you're an investor in a, in a franchise or, or an organization, say, for example, you own a restaurant that's very popular, but the COVID hits. And guess what? You got to throw in your own money a little bit to keep that thing afloat so that you're right. actually successful as a restaurant. You know what? You go in the red a little bit so that you can actually make the thing successful if you care about winning success. You're right. not I, willing I, to go into the red. He doesn't want to go there. Said. They could have spent more because they did have the money. And obviously they do it because like we've seen all the investments of like them basically buying up all of Wrigleyville. Yeah. And then telling people to hate Tom yeah. Tunney so they could ignore more zoning laws. It's like, you guys, like, what are you yeah. doing? And the <laughs> World Series opened up everything for what they wanted to do. The minute that happened, every single city yeah. issue, every ordinance, every everything that went through the mayor's office, everything changed because – are you really going to go against the juggernaut that just had the one of the largest gatherings of human beings yeah. in the history of the world? No. And then Ricketts is sitting there. He's really ready to sit back and just, we won a World Series. Fans are going to buy their shit regardless. I can overpay. I can sit on my hands. It's cool. We could suck for the next whatever. We can be just good enough. We could be just good enough. And I think I don't know if there was an owner. I can't remember if it was maybe Reinsdorf even said it. Get the team close enough to compete so that people buy tickets. And that's all that matters. If they're in, if people are buying tickets, who was it? I was saying that was fake. Sox did, some Sox fans didn't want to believe that. But yeah, it was like the former <laughs> Miami Marlins president or something. That's who it was. That's who it was. Okay. Uh, said that Reinsdorf told him that. Get get, uh, get the carrot right in front of them. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So you know, this is going to be my Zell Thompson. Thompson right there. Yep. Before, hold on. Before you start that all, though, I just want to say one thing about the Ricketts family. Tom Ricketts' biggest selling point to his dad was that they always sell out every year. And now what if like they don't really feel like they've sold out so much. There's a Harley Davidson dealership, like literally right next to Wrigley field. <laughs> like, what is my donut shop. Hello. Yeah. It's like, do right donuts, Starbucks, Chipotle, Harley Davidson, because yeah, nothing's the Chicago Cubs baseball, like doing a wheelie in front of the marquee on your hog. Like I mean, what they, have the that, they have that new, they have that new uh, hotel. That's like, <laughs> Exactly. Um, price. Yeah. Museum. Um, so it's, my last take, just talking about heading into 2021 and what the season's going to be. I was thinking about this today after uh, reading, uh, I think it was in The Athletic with Patrick Moody and uh, Sadef Sharma. And yeah. they wrote about, like, could Craig Kimbrell be a trade candidate eventually? Because he's going to be in the final year of his deal. I know he has an option here. Um, I think it's like a $1 million buyout. But it was like, well, could he be a trade candidate if, like, the Cubs are just whatever it is, they're just looking to shed more money or they're just not good and just just trade everyone. And I was thinking the worst thing that could happen to the Cubs in 2021 is what happened to them in 2017. 2017, they were, like, a week away from just being like, you know what? It just didn't work out. We're going we're gonna to trade Wade Davis. Uh, you know, we're going to look at some of these veteran guys. Maybe we'll trade them away, too. But then they got hot. They got, came out of the break. They like swept the Orioles, swept like the Braves or something. And then bam, they're right back in first place by the end of July. And that was it. They didn't trade anyone. They went for it. They got to the NLCS, flamed out. They've been pretty bad in the postseason since then. So I was just thinking, man, if something similar happens in like 2021, we're like, let's say they just don't make any big trades because they, they just couldn't, it couldn't happen. So we have a similar team and hey, they, they're like just average. But we get to July. And, like, they're just hanging around. But they don't know yet. Because they, they don't want to do the complete, like, white, the, what is it, the, what, what the Sox did in, like, in 97, the, the white flag trade. Like, let's just say they're a couple games below or above 500, or, like, in first place or second place. The, that's the, I think that's the worst case scenario for this team. Because then they're going to be yeah. like, well, let's just go for it again. <laughs> and that's, and that's going to be like, damn it, 
you, there's maybe maybe you could get like two really good like top right. 100 prospects for Craig Kimbrell. Yeah, there's simply no way Theo Epstein goes into his last season selling at the deadline. Like I just can't. <laughs> like there's no well, way. Happy, though, if they're like that, if they if they don't have a shot. If that's the case, I think he probably dips out. He's like, hey Jed, here's here's my notes on the situation. I think you understand where I sit. I'm just gonna go chill, and you can trade everyone. I'm done because I'm not gonna go through a deadline of ringing phones to say, hey, we suck. Do you want any of our players, please? <laughs> it's such a position of weakness. Like, who negotiates right. that from there? Nobody negotiates from the bottom of the valley. You negotiate from the apex, and there's right. nothing to negotiate. Besides, like, Javi, because he was on the cover of a show, he's marketable, and people buy his jerseys because he tags cool. And Contreras, who had a pretty good year. And then you're not going to – you're not going to uh, – you're not going to want to trade – yeah, if you can't trade Hayward, and you're not going to want to trade half. So, no. you're, you really got – I mean, honestly, if they really want to be smart, they're going to sit on their hands. But you, you don't trade from a weakness position at all. That's terrible. Like, do you trade. No, if it's the middle of the season, I want – if the Cubs are, like, a 500 team, it's like, no, they're, like, they're not going to do anything in the postseason, you trade – Craig Kimbrell, you do what the Yankees did. With but, you do it for, but you do it for the right offer. You don't do it at a desperation. Well, no, like I'm not, and saying, I'm not saying, yeah, you, know, you trade them for like two low A guys. Obviously, you're going to look for top prospects. And we've seen in recent trade deadlines, top relievers go for a high price. We've also seen Cubs trade guys on snap, knee-jerk reaction stuff like the Quintana trade, though. That That's where you don't want to get too far. Like you want to you make sure it's a good deal. It's if you don't operate from a like you can't negotiate when people think that you're wounded, and right now the Cubs look wounded. Like mo- yeah. Major League Baseball doesn't want a good Cubs team because they're, when they're good, they're really good. They're a World Series team, so they're going to offer. It's like a Did fantasy. Cleveland care that the Yankees were wounded. It, it's like the fantasy team, the fantasy trade I made last week on our on our on our podcast when I some asshole sent me a kicker trade and I'm like, okay, Dick, mm. I said a bad trade off, mm. and I got Joe Mix. Mm. I don't give a shit. How about that? (laughs) (laughs) Well, okay. What was the trade, Kevin? What was the trade? It was Joe Mixon for. I don't give a shit. How about that? Ah, oh, you walked right into that. I'm gonna play that for you the day that I walk next to you when you accidentally catch on fire and you need me to pee on you to put you out. Oh, by the way, Kevin, what was uh, what was KB's dad reaction to him swearing? Uh well, Mike has the mouth of a sailor, so he was proud like, of Like obviously, he obviously he uh, awesome. he's never heard swearing. <laughs> it's like that thought? first time your kid has his first beer. <laughs> Jesus, Mike. Uh, again, every time you guys play that, that's like literally adding to the one to the total of times I've heard that kid cuss in 15, 16 years of knowing the kid. So it is that. But yeah, no, I and I'm gonna beg him to cuss in front of me, like not on video, and I'm gonna <laughs> savor that for myself as a moment. This is what I want you to propose to KB. Uh, I want him to just once in his life, hopefully uh, he still stays a cup for the rest of his career. I just want him once in his life, drink one beer, do it for charity. I'll get him like a butter beer from like Harry Potter. Oh, he'd probably be so in on that. He would would drink like four of them and have like a total sugar high and be really happy. Tell him we will get, I will reach out to Anheuser-Busch and get them to sponsor this show Oh, and right. we can just raise money yes. for whatever charity he wants. Do it for whatever the kids, Chris. 
if he comes on the show, does the show, and drinks a beer during the duration, and doesn't have to chug it, we can do a two-hour show with him. One beer. Sip on. I'll be honest. He's seen his ball coaches drink enough beer that I'm pretty sure his liver hurts just from watching his ball coaches recover on a random Thursday, Saturday, whatever. In oh, the we need to have a Chris Bryant non-alcoholic beer. Uh, you could do an O'Doul's bong. That'd be pretty awesome. But oh, that just yeah. sounds so horrible. <laughs> <laughs> True story. I learned a beer bong with Mountain Dew. When I was 17 years old, uh, Mountain Dew, way too fizzy, man. Ah, dude, I had to try it. I didn't, I didn't, I, I didn't like beer. Oh. I never drank before. I learned again. I, I I taught myself to drink beer by drinking Ice House and eating like handfuls of Doritos. That's I how learned, I taught myself to drink beer. It was like I a lesson. A weird fact this week. Yeah, Mountain Dew was actually is the only pop that was created. Thank you. To be a mixer with whiskey. What the fuck? When Mountain Dew was originally created, it was created, and their marketing, their go-to-market uh, plan with the drink, was to make it as the ideal mixer like whi- with whiskey. Like whiskey so like sour? whiskey and Dew. That's why it's named Mountain Dew, because of the Dew on whatever during the moonshiners and shit, because it's supposed to go with whiskey. Huh? No wonder it tasted so great with uh, Fireball. Uh, I've what? had Mountain Dew with that Fireball. That's the coolest story I've heard in. You guys understand that when I fell asleep in college, like of course you sleep in a bunk bed. Wait, wait, time out. Sorry, Kevin. Yes. Can we go back to Mountain Dew and Fireball? Mountain Dew and Fireball. How, well, okay. Well, we've Before seen those raves that go on at Aldo's place on Saturday nights when you do the chug, so it's not too that was a Hold rave. on. Before before we before I go too into you how old are you? How old are you? So this was like definitely college. You get desperate okay. when you're out in the streets right. of Charleston, Illinois, and like central nowhere, Illinois. As long as you're in college, if you would have said no, I would have been like, why are you a 21-year-old girl? Like, what? what that I was a 21-year-old boy. That's, that's why. That's fine. I actually, one of my favorite drinks of all time came out of We Had Nothing Else, and it was in college. It was Southern Comfort Zima. and Arizona Iced Tea and Zima's. Of course, yeah. Zima's. You put the Dye <laughs> Ranchers in it. No. It's um, no. Arizona Iced Tea, or I'm sorry, Dr. Pepper and Southern Comfort. Oh, yeah, Dutch Pepper Soco. That's actually yeah, not bad. Let's be honest, guys. This makes me feel super old. You guys are talking about like drinking those. You know what I got my cinnamon fix from drinking in college? The milk in your cinnamon toast crunch. Besides that, Aftershock. Oh, I remember Aftershock. Oh, my God, that was so gross. <laughs> that was my fireball. So take your fucking fireball and shove it, Aldo. Oh, my God. My crystals crystals in oh. our cinnamon-flavored oh. So much stuff. pain. Absolutely so not. Much pain. It's, it's like, like someone took Big Red and put it in alcohol, and they're like, here you go, man. Here's Big Red gum alcohol. So bad. No, yep. seriously, if you're too young to have experienced Aftershock, first of all, Sky point because you're lucky. You have was, three years extra left in your life. So bad. Oh, I can. I remember the alley we were drinking that in. Oh my god, that was so bad. I mean, I still think. I, got, uh, I think I had the four loco before, like they like made them redo oh, it. Or something. Dude, yes. those were rough. <laughs> we're talking okay, about Dog Twenty Twenty and yeah. these four loco. Mm-hmm. You know what? I I actually busted a bottle with uh, aftershock thing because some axle because we didn't have the internet really when I was in college. So maybe not maybe it was dial up. And AOL, so it made the sounds. Um, but uh, you had to break a bottle. And they told me that they told me the crystals got you drunk. Yes, I do remember that. 
I yeah, do you're remember eating, that. You're not eating crystals. It's the glass, damn it. Nope. You're chewing on the glass. It just When you break it, it's the glass. It's not really the crystals. Yep. I just don't. Zemo and Jolly Ranchers, dude. Back in high school, that's what all the girls were <laughs> That's what all the girls were into. Matt, all you were, the girls, they would go and they'd get the 12 they love it Gorman. They and love then they would it get that, uh, the variety pack of Jolly Ranchers and they would drop it. My mom loved these. Yep. <laughs> they still make Zemos. You can still get Zemos. You can you can get ice. You can get smearing off ice still. No, get some. Get some still a thing get for people, people, right? For the weekend. Yeah, well, man. I mean, the Dodgers are still up two touchdowns. Mm. <laughs> you can live bet the Braves minus fourteen and a half, though. Do it. Do it, Sean. Or plus and, and make sure and make sure when you sign up to points bet, bet. you use Tinko or promo pinwheels. There it is. Pinwheels. Boom. Point, Sean, back, any point, towards it. point toward wait, I gotta go over here. Hold on. It's right. Sean, any last thoughts on what the Cubs, in your opinion, should do or will do this offseason? Any big picture stuff, small picture stuff? Mm, I any, think any uh, hot takes that you think that people ooh. aren't even gonna predict. Like what's your big like oh crazy my God. I remember taking a shot of Everclear one time and I was not ready for that. Mm. Everclear was no gross. People, uh, people in Iowa take it as like a sense of pride to drink Everclear. It's like mm-hmm. <laughs> jungle juice. It's just you do it's like, it. Oh, it's made out of corn. That's why we like it. It's like I corn. <laughs> it's corn. Think, isn't isn't it? Gross? <laughs> Anyways, um, no. So take on the Cubs. Uh, here we go. Um, I don't know, man. I, I really don't know this year. They're such a weird team because you could like conceivably go and see them do it again and try and stick with this core. But I, I think change is coming. And I, I, I sadly, I, I think it's going to end up with probably a combination of that four that we mentioned. Two of those guys have to go, probably. Um, you look at the corner outfields, you look at second base, you look at those type of positions that probably need to upgrade there. Um, but you look at the positives, like you have Ian Happ. He's probably your center fielder now for the foreseeable future. Anthony Rizzo assuming this year's just a blip should go back to his career norms, 280 hitter, 300 home run hitter type of guy or 330 home run hitter, not 300. It comes to be a lot better if you hit 300 home runs. Um, <laughs> a little okay. from my math. Uh, but yeah, so obviously the you know, career norms for him, Javi Baez can, if he can continue to be Javi Baez that we've expected, but I really think they might get a good shot if, at, at realistically re-signing Chris Bryan. I know everyone's kind of written this off for years. I, I think mm-hmm. there's a way that they can make this work if they can come to him. Now, the only downside is Bryan's agent is the only agent anyone knows um, in baseball, and that sucks. But good for Bryan. Good for yeah. Good for good for the players, or good for good for players for him, but himself. But obviously, um, it's going to be tough. It's weird that they haven't come to a deal yet. You look at what the White Sox have done with their big league players. Obviously, they signed them, and like the Braves have done this too, super early. Their top guys, and it's working out great so far. Um, kind of seeing the antithesis with the Cubs. So, I don't know. I I I think there's less change than I think people are expecting. Um, at least for this season, just because I don't see assets getting you anything better than what you have at the moment. You write out what you can, but you pretty much just continuously, like you were talking about, although looking into it and deciding what assets you have. Because if you are bad, if you are four games under 500 at the deadline, like maybe it is time to trade Craig Kimbrell. Maybe it is time to see if someone wants two months of a rental for a bat. And that's probably the decision you have to make because I, I think Epstein kind of made his bed when he rolled with these guys in 2018 mm-hmm. further, couldn't make the changes that he maybe wanted to because of front office. And I think this decision has been kind of made for the most part about who's sticking and who's not. I think they just have to make it work now. And I honestly think they were going to try and trade Bryant 
um, probably this off season, it didn't work out. Get back now, in the cage. Sorry, I just saw that. Sorry, so no, she would have been pissed. If I, not go near that uh, makeup table. Then I said, not go near uh, that but, uh, table. But, I mean, when it comes down to it, I, I think realistically, you're probably looking at a club that's very similar to this year, with with hopes that you get an idea of who's on this team in the future, and you get a better idea to you of who's going to be able to contribute this year, next year, and the year following. Because that's what you really need to know. You need to know what you're getting out of your farm season or farm system. And after losing pretty much all this season, like Ed Howard hasn't played baseball in like 18 months. Like, damn, he's 19 years old. Now, here's here's something I threw out there too. Should they extend Arizona Fall League? Should they extend it? Should they I make would, it longer? I would think so. As long, the only thing I'd be worried about is if they weren't handling like COVID correctly, which you know, who knows what the MLB is doing. But um, I, I I would say why not? If if everyone's willing to be a part of it, and especially because like you're trying to get some of these guys jobs, like I don't know. I I would say do it. I could see baseball not doing it now that they own minor league baseball and probably won't care as much as minor league baseball actually did. But but yeah. I was. Hey. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just gonna one last thing. Wrap it up here. I, I think you're probably looking at a similar club as you did last year. Like there, there's probably not a lot of change. Small moves here and there. I think you might get a, be surprised by who resigns. I think that'll probably be the big thing. I think you are 100. That's and that's I think what Cub fans should have as expectations right now is to expect them to wait it out. They're deep enough in their balls deep enough into this group to. See at least until the trade deadline whether or not this group's going to show up in twenty twenty one. Yeah, I mean, like, what better team do you field out there? What better options do you have? You don't really know those answers, but like, you you probably could guess it's not much better. So, I can tell you that the Cubs have made it pretty clear to Chris that that it's not a closed door. That's for sure for an extension. So, you know, right, here I, we go. Kevin, this, this is why I wanted to put you on the hot seat right here. Do it. Give me a deal that could get done between Chris Bryant and the Cubs. What, what do you think gets it done? I think, um, backloaded, no trade clause through his 10 and five. Um, that fits within the, the construct of the, he doesn't want to be Bryce. He's not Bryce Harper. He doesn't want Bryce Harper money. He's it's not right, about the money for Chris. Though, I think. All right. Give me any figures. Then. Uh, I think when you're, when you're looking at like actual market, um, I think you can probably throw out the 2020 market as anything that you can actually use as quantitative data. So I think you look at what the 2019 market was for a third baseman who's an all-star who has, you know, who creates, I mean, he's the second or first in Cubs and creative runs and created runs for our WRC or whatever since 2015 or whatever. I mean, what do you give somebody that's as valuable as this player? And so you're looking at what 22, maybe 24 as an average, but you can sit back. I think, again, he doesn't want $300 million, 10 years. He doesn't want 12. He's, he's not trying to lock up the franchise for anything. You know, you could go with, you know, I think the dude wants what he gets for arbitration just for every year. And I think that, I think that you, you would, you would assume the kid's worth it. Um, and you take the kid for his word because he always works hard and he's always going to work to get better. Again, health wise, you take into that consideration. So you got to also factor that in. And as much as I love him, I I hate that, you know, it takes one bad pitch that gets loose that 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 might people can assume takes him out of his game. Um, so his wrist this year, and I'm I'm sure we're gonna hear something about him having a procedure on his wrist sooner or later. Um, just because when you have an impact fracture in your wrist, yeah. you you have to have something done. Um, or you shut it down at least because it's like a, a hairline fracture. It's don't fuck with it. It won't get worse. 
Um, and now he has time to heal. And now you have two torn tendons in your ring finger on, on your bottom left hand. Like, I think that, I think that that also factors in. So I think, I think Chris getting like a uh, yumper says seven for two. I think seven for two gets it done. I think with a trade, a no trade clause till he gets 10 and five, seven and two. I think you got Chris Bryant. I think you got a mentor. I think you got a dude that's going to sit here and be the best representation of your program, franchise, organization. You have somebody that's not going to get in trouble. He's not going to get you know dinged for DUI like Melvin Gordon today. You have a guy that's going to be a good super, you know a good role model for kids. So I think seven and two gets it done with a no trade clause. Now you said around twenty five million. So let's go one fifty for six years. Mm, twenty five million. No trade, clause? no trade clause. Yeah, whatever Chris wants. If, if there's no trade clause, I think he makes that deal. Um, I, I think, think real- he's going to be anywhere close to 200 million. Uh, it just the injuries and then the market. I, I, think I can like- tell you this: he has not been offered anything well north of 200 million ever. <laughs> I think we know. Sorry, I would say I would say probably 180 to 200 is what Brian mm-hmm. is going to be asking for. I think the Cubs will come somewhere around 150 to 160. And then I just don't think I don't think there's going to be. They go shorter, maybe backloaded. What if he goes mm-hmm. five, five with two team options? I, I, I like for him, I think it's about, he wants stability. And I think he's going to want that, that, that trade option. Or if, if there are options, player options, the Cubs aren't going to give him those. Um, mm-hmm. I could see them doing like incentives for certain things, like on certain, certain contracts too, as well. Like if you were to like, you know, if Brian hits certain, if he plays X amount of games or he hits a certain amount of home runs, those type of things, more incentive kick into the deal. I could see something like that, maybe to boost it up to like maybe that 200, if they do 150 and, and then maybe kind of say like there's incentives built in yearly. If you hit these goals or you play this amount or you do whatever, there's not so many contracts that work like that in baseball, but that could maybe be something. I, I, I think That's the right. But, the Sox tried with Machado. <laughs> yeah, we'll give you incentives, and then also we'll also um, you know hire your was it what was Yonder Alonso his brother in law or something like that? Yeah, yeah. his best friend. If, if they hire his brother in law, I will be happy to vouch for Tone Modelp. Uh, he's an excellent firefighter. Okay. Um, his other brother in law um, is Emmanuel Burrell, who is MC Hammer's nephew. So you have an MC Hammer connection with the Bryant family. If you didn't okay. know that, Manny. You're probably not watching yet, but I'm going to text you later because you're a dick. Um, and you're one of my favorite dudes who kicks my ass on Madden all the time. But yeah, Manny, he's their their little uh, their little crew. They all can play baseball, by the way. They can all play, but it's not as good as uh, the Moncada family, I don't think. Tomo was a Division One shortstop. That was I'm pretty, pretty good. sure the fireman's better than uh, the two guys the White Sox had on their team to get Manny. Dude, Tomo, mm-hmm. yeah, he's a he. Hey, he gets on baseball. You forget. Mitch asked, like, would the Cubs even offer two hundred billion? I, I don't think anyone. I, it just everything piled up to be terrible for Chris. The injuries, the market, yeah, pandemic. Correct. We don't know. Like teams again. Every every single team is going to be like, ah, pandemic. We can't spend. We got to shed right. payroll. We can't spend a lot. Um, so I don't think. For one, I just don't think there's going to be an extension with him this year. I think he's gonna, he is going to hit free agency. Hopefully, he has a bounce back year, and I hope he has a bounce back year because I. Get paid. I want everyone to get paid. Um, so hopefully that does happen. I do. I, I I hope it gets to a point where it's like, yeah, you know what? Chris Bryant is worth two hundred million dollars again because that means he's like fucking awesome. Right. I I'm so for it. I, I I would love to see Bryant get a big payday. That would be great. It's just not going to be the Cubs, sadly. So. Yeah. Right. Hopefully though. Oh, I until that happens, but uh, it doesn't look great. All right, guys. Well, Sean, thank you very much for coming on the show. We really appreciate you uh, jumping on with us. Remember, you can find Sean 
Locked On Cubs. Um, Sean, what's your Twitter handle for everybody? Uh, Sean R. Sears. And where can they find your show? Um, yeah. <laughs> no. you, can find, you can follow me on Twitter. Uh, yeah, I share my Lockdown Cubs links from there, but we're on uh, Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. Wherever you listen to your podcast, make sure you tell your smart device to say podcast, Lockdown Cubs, for all your great content. I just followed. Go. I just followed your podcast just now. It's that easy. It was two clicks. Wow. It was two clicks. You know what else um, is easy? Sean R. You're not a pirate, but Sean R. Spears, Sears, and then I went directly to uh, Lockdown Cubs. Now you I know what else is easy? Yeah, Downloading the Point Spent app and putting <gasps> in promo code Zone. Pinwheels, and make sure you're placing your bets. So for all though. Kevin, I'm Zoe. Thank you again, Sean. And we will be back next week. We actually already have a guest lined up. So, Ooh. yeah. It's my mom. mom. It's my nice. mom. Dude, it was be supposed honest, to be. It's my mom. She's excited. Oh, it's well, All you right, everybody. Your recipes for Italian lasagna. So we'll, uh, we'll, catch you. we'll catch you guys yeah. next week. Take care, everybody. Rebuild of the favorites. We here for the latest. South side or the north side. Not tuned to the greatest. Home team for the home teams. Both sides got our own rings. On the mound or the long ball. But we don't put the wrong strings. Yeah. It's that time of the year now. Wrigley or Gantee, so the whole league that we hear now. New show with a new mood. Discussions and interviews. Straight rumors that might be. This is Pinwheels and Knife. Yeah. This is what you waiting for, yeah. You can put it on a boy, yeah. Every season, make it all change. Take me out to the bar game. This is what you waiting for, yeah. You can put it on a boy, yeah. Every season, make it all change. Take me out to the bar game. This is what you waiting for, yeah. You can put it on a boy, yeah. Every season. Get our chains, get our chains, get out to the bar, 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 get out to the b